Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns and with us we've got Shiv Haria. Hi Shiv. Hi Michelle, how are you doing? Oh great, thank you. So just a little bit about Shiv for those of you who don't know. So Shiv is a property investor and founded Lifestyle Property People in 2016 with a vision to help people achieve financial security and independence. He worked in the IT, in the IT sector as a sales and account manager and managed and transformed a wholesale distribution business. And for the past five years, he has been a professional investor specializing in cash flowing property investments in the Leeds property market. So Shiv, we're going to like delve into what you've been up to in the property market. Um, but I just want to let's let's start with um, your you know, your sourcing business, which is, you know, by all accounts, uh, what I've heard very um, high on the cash flow. And, um, you know, I've heard you on different podcasts. So I think, you know, it'd be a good place to kind of start. Why is your uh, business different than other people's? Because, you know, sourcing, uh, you know, does get a bit of a bad rep, doesn't it? For, um, you know, for it for, does for, uh, for many reasons, but you seem to have cracked it. So how have you done it? Yeah, brilliant question, Michelle. So um, I think the, the first thing to say is that the reason how we've done it is by doing the opposite of what everyone else does. And I think this is probably a mantra that you can follow in any area of your life. It's like, follow the masses and do the opposite. And what we noticed very early on was that everyone was trying to sell, you know, 20% return deals, 50% return deals, all your money out deals to property investors because you go to a property course this is what you hear about you can get all your money out it's gonna be amazing and so you spend all your life looking for these no money in deals uh, and because at this stage when you start a property investment business when you start off you don't have any money you, you give all the great deals with no money left in to other people and this is great and you charge yourself you know a two grand fee or a three grand fee or a one grand fee or whatever it is that your fee is but the problem is at that stage is um you don't realize that what you're doing is you're giving away the gold and um, the other thing that you don't realize is that it's not sustainable. You, you can't predict when those properties are going to come in. You know, you might get three a year, you might get 10 a year, but you definitely are not going to get them every single day of the week. And what we wanted to do is we realized there's two ways you can do this. You can either find ridiculously lucrative deals and sell one of them a year, but sell it for a ridiculous price. So let's say if I made you 100 grand, Michelle, and I could charge you, I don't know, 50 grand to do it, you'd say, yeah, fine, fair enough, because you've made me 100 grand. Or we could say, well, can we do the other way? The other way is sell it cheap, but quite a lot of them. And what we said is we want to aim for the what we call the mass market. Now, the mass market is um, is, is my parents, basically. This is how it all started. 
my parents uh, unfortunately never invested in property or in anything really and the reason why they never invested is because they never had the courage to invest they never knew how to do it they were you know caught up in their lives we had I've got two brothers so they had three kids and uh, then they had parents to look after and they moved from Kenya to to the UK so they had their own challenges and they just never got around to doing it and then they didn't know how to do it and what I wanted to do was to make sure that people like them had a conduit had a link an ability to invest in these kind of uh, areas um, without having to um, spend too much effort because that was their ultimate um, pain point. And the other thing that we did was we made sure that um, the thing that we're selling is trust. Above, above, above everything else is like, trust us, it's going to work out. And so um, looking at selling to the mass market, what we've eventually started to do is uh, every year since about 2016, when we started the business, we've effectively increased our our fees and we've reduced the returns that we're offering to investors. Now, part of that is because obviously the market's going up and the property prices are going up. But every time, here's the, the tricky bit, every time we reduce the returns, the number of people that want our service goes up. Yeah. And it's crazy. And it's like every, literally every single year we'll reduce the returns and more people want the service. And partly what we realized was there's a, there is a sweet spot, obviously, but what we realized is that if your returns sound unrealistic, then people don't want them. They think it's too risky. I don't want it, et cetera. And what we did is we, like I said, we started off at 25, 28% return. And then we came down and came down and came down and came down and eventually settled at about a 6% yield, which is, you know, bog standard kind of property. But then we found everybody wants those. And actually what we sell is not a return as such. What we sell is the ability for our clients to own a buy-to-let property, which over a period of 10 to 20 years is going to give them good cash flow and good capital growth. So it's long term for them. They're looking to lock their money away rather than I'm looking to make a million pound tomorrow. Wow, that's such a brilliant business model. I've just kind of hit the pennies drop because I'd heard you talking about it. But actually, you're not selling the properties to property investors like me. Investors, yeah. You're just selling them to people who um, want to park some money, essentially. They want to yeah. set the perhaps even the cash flow isn't as important to them. Um, yeah. as perhaps the hassle and, you know, getting rid of the hassle and having it hands off. Um, so that's, well, that's the point, like you said. That they're, they're, so think about this. Um, imagine you're a, a dentist or a, a nurse or, or any any profession really. And um, typically, our clients are based either um, in London or outside the country. They're making money, and but they're busy. They, they work from seven in the morning to seven at night, and every mo- month they put money into their bank account, and it grows and it grows and it grows. And after about a, couple, you know, a year, two years, three years, depending on what they're earning that money starts to look like quite a large amount and they know they should be doing something with it, but they just don't have the time and they just don't know who to contact and they just don't know how to go about it. And what we do is we take away that pain point from them because what we say is, don't worry, we're the people. And the reason why you can see where the people is go to our website, go see all of our Google reviews, go through our funnel and you'll hear all the good things that we've got to say and you'll, you'll understand that we're the right people. And as soon as you do, you go, oh my God, I've found the company that can help me do this. And it is. Um, ridiculous when I say it like that but that's exactly what it is these people have been looking for us forever and now they've found us they are happy to you know part with their money for us to go and deliver a ton of value for them and I've worked out that you know let's say on average every single one of our properties let's say makes five grand net um, per annum it's only because we're at Leeds and Sheffield so it's in the north five grand net per annum Um, so over 10 years that's 50 grand but then if you buy the house for 150 grand over 10 years that's going to increase to 300 grand on average. And so we're looking at 150 grand on the capital side, 50 grand on the rental side, 200 grand worth of value. And that's how we then be, are able to justify the, the sort of fees that we charge. 
not least because we don't just say, here's a property, see you later. We'll say, don't worry. First of all, let us sit with you. Step one, sit with you and figure out what the strategy is. Step two, let's go and source a property for you that matches the criteria. Step three, let's go and purchase a property for you. Step four, refurbish the property. Step five, rent the property. So we do the end-to-end for them. And ultimately, we don't um, leave our responsibility until the property is set up. It's rented. The rent's been paid. Uh, there's no issues at all in the property. And all they have to do is three things. And it's really, really simple. They have to sign our engagement documents and the solicitor's engagement documents and the mortgage broker's engagement documents, etc. They've got to transfer money whenever we ask them to transfer money to the solicitor, to us, or to the mortgage broker, whoever they're going to transfer money to. And then thirdly, they've got to confirm that the rent's been paid. That's it. Three things. That's incredible. Yeah. And that's and, that, and, and the point is that everyone should be investing in property. But as I'm sure you know, Michelle, it's a very cumbersome asset. It takes ages, it takes lots of effort. And what we're trying to do is make it frictionless. We're trying to take away the effort from having to do all of that work yourself. Yeah. And you picked up, you know, what you just said before about actually people who... Um, you know, they don't have the time or the effort to kind of go through, even if they, they are aware of, you know, property education training programs or anything like they're just, they, they don't have the time to do that or the inclination, or yeah. they perhaps don't have that, um, you know, they're not risk averse enough or whatever it is. So I think it's, um, yeah, just like, I'm, I'm trying to think, you mentioned before about the, um, you know, the percentage of the return. And it's yeah. so true, the amount of people that I've spoken to and they say, um, oh okay eight percent that's too high it's too risky um yeah. even, you know i'm working with private investors and they've they've lowered the amount that you know I've yeah. eight percent and they're saying oh no no six percent six percent's good for me yeah. and you're kind of like okay um so yeah. and, and, and i think the important thing there is that um, you have to meet people where they are and what i mean by that is you know exactly that if we're trying to sell a 50 percent deal to somebody who doesn't understand that 50 percent is available that they just will turn it down and you know maybe that's where my my parents started off but because of that and i'm really grateful that they did start off there because of the where they started off it made me make sure that i did something more than that that i went and educated myself and understood more and i think that there's um the mantra in, in our industry, Michelle, is like, oh, educate yourself. You've got to educate yourself. And it's like, well, yeah, but you don't have to. I mean, you know what? There's lots of people. I, I don't know anything about stocks the stock market. I've got no idea. Yeah. I just put it into a track every month and I hope for the best. But the point is, I could go and take courses in how to do all that and blah, 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 blah. Or I could probably just pay somebody to just do the whole thing for me. Hence, you know, and, and I think that's the point. You don't have to get yourself educated. You just have to, one, find out what it is that you actually love doing and do that. Make money doing that. Take the money, give it to somebody who loves doing the other thing and then let them invest it for you. And hopefully you'll hear from my, my voice. I, I really love what we do, not just because we're finding properties, not just because property gives you passive income and growth and all that stuff and buys you security and freedom and all that stuff. But it's really because I know that not just for me, but for all of our clients in the long run, the properties are going to buy them the um, security, the freedom for them to look back and go, I'm glad I did, I did that. I'm glad I made that decision. Um, you're, yeah. offering them, you're offering them something that they value more than the cash flow, because as you said, if they really valued, you know, the maximum cash flow and adding all of that value and getting all the money back out again, they would go and do the courses themselves. But yeah. in fact, what they value more is actually their time um and you know and 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 having it as hands-free as possible automated as possible so um yeah it's they just want to get their money working for them that's it isn't it like remember it's sitting in the bank they're, they're making the money doing their job 
but they've got kids to look after, they've got partners yeah. to look after, they've got their parents to look after, they've got their house to look after, they've got to look after their social clubs and all that. And then they've got money sitting in the bank and they know that they should do something. They know that inflation is eroding it away, but they just need someone to take care of that pain for them. And, and once they know it's in the property, it's invested. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And um, I, th I think that's exactly what we offer, like a one-stop shop, no hassle, we'll do the whole thing for you. And, you know, having been through our website, having been through our, our marketing funnel, they know that we're trustworthy and that we're good for what we're, what we're, what we're saying that we can do. Yeah, just find out what's important to, you know, ask, ask they should ask themselves what's important to me. Um, yeah. Work backwards from there. So in terms of, you know, what a deal is then, because you, yeah. I, I in your business, it, what a good deal is would yeah. be very different from what somebody else who is sourcing for, you know, property investors. investors yeah. yeah is, is as well. So um, what is a good deal then for your Yeah. So I think that, yeah, the, the, that's a really great question. And I'll tell you, I'll talk you through the numbers in a second. But I think the answer to that question for our clients, because, you know, in, in order to figure out what a great deal is, we need to go and ask our clients, what's a great deal? And therefore, we need to say to them, you know, what are you looking to achieve by investing in property? What, what do you actually want from this? And a lot of them come back with, um, well, what they say and what they want may be two different things. And what I've realized over some time is, um, one, they want to know that their money is invested in a property and that because they know and they believe in property, we, we all know and believe in property. It's very easy for us to understand, especially when you're looking at kind of like two to three bedroom family houses, because guess what? We probably all live in two to three bedroom family houses. It's a house. We need to live in it. And we understand the concept. Whereas, you know, you talk, you're talking about like some of the, um, you know, subprime blah, 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 blah stuff that we don't understand. It's like, that sounds too complicated and they probably want to get involved with this. This they understand. They understand the, the principle of the fact that there's more demand than supply and therefore the values keep going upwards. So the first thing is they want to get their money invested in property. The second thing is, and this is kind of like the, the read between the lines bit, a lot of our clients, they just want to, um, to uh, is, I'm going to be very honest with you. This is what I tell their friends. I've got a property in yeah. Leeds or Sheffield or whatever. I, I own three properties. I own eight, I own eight properties. And, and I don't know whether you got this, Michelle. When, when I first started out in property, everyone used to ask me, so how many properties how do you many? have? All the time. How many? Uh, and it was crazy because obviously I used to get really scared by this guy. What do I do? What do I say? And, um, and of course, it's a stupid question because if you own properties in like, I don't know, Wales, and they're like 30 quid each, then you could buy lots of them. And if you own one property in London, then it's probably giving you way more cash flow than 30 you bought in Wales. But, so it's a silly, silly question. But the point is, um, people like to be able to tell their friends, I own a whole portfolio of properties up somewhere, wherever they might be. So I think that's really between the lines. But it is ultimately, uh, the reason I'm doing it is because I know that long-term, as it's done for me as well, by the way. So uh, I'll talk you through my story in a second. But basically, I bought a bunch of properties and that has paid for me to have the freedom to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. With it. And it just so happened that I kind of uh, fell into um, this, this world of property sourcing. Another important thing to mention when it comes to um, the world of property sourcing is people, people say to me all the time, um, so, so, you know, did you start this business wanting to make a profit from it? And I'm like, no, not at all. I, I was sourcing properties for myself. I would... Uh, moved to Leeds at the time, 2015 time, and I was buying houses myself. I was going around to the agents, schmoozing them because you've got to use what um, 
what your gift is and hopefully you can tell my my gift is that I talk about a lot um so go around with cake smooth the agents and then get these property deals through and then one i was posting on facebook and someone said what are you doing up there in leeds can you come and you know talk to us about property and this was now my ex-business partner and he was the first person who asked me to buy my property so i bought the property fantastic here you go he says wow that was amazing can you do another one for me and i was like oh my god like it took me absolutely ages a lot of effort to get you the first one i can do it but i'm gonna have to charge you for it he was like yeah sure Charge him a thousand pounds, happy days, bought him another one, two thousand pounds, another, another one, another one. And then he was the one who said to me, like, hold on a second, if I want these properties, maybe there's other people that also want these properties as well, you know, where we're all from, which is where I'm from, where he was from, which is London. Uh, and so that's how the business started. But it was like there was no intention to turn this into a business that that made profit. It was just like I was doing it for myself and we came on to finding uh, clients. So go back to what is a good deal? We go to the clients and we say to them, what is a good deal for you? And and a lot of the time they go, well, you know, w- w- you tell me what a good deal is. And the answer is, you know, they don't know what a good deal is. So we say, well, look, this is how I would do it. And we say, um, to, to answer your question more directly, right now our properties would be, say, somewhere between 130, 120 to 150,000 pounds. And they'd rent out somewhere between 650 to 850 pounds it's um a property that's in a um a decent air half decent area um half decent tenants near schools near parks near libraries near all all the kind of local amenities and it's one that we know that the demand for the property is going to be there and it's going to continue to be there but and this is the crucial bit this is the bit that i didn't know when i first started but where we believe that there's going to be capital growth as well so when we first start in property, most people are like, yeah, we need to get our, you know, all our money out and do the cash flow thing and that. And because we're doing that, we're not looking at the asset value at all. And what we're doing is buying, if you're trying to maximize your returns, what you're, what I found that I ended up doing was I ended up buying loads of cheap properties, lots of cheap areas, getting paid half decent rents, but this is just paper returns because they were rubbish tenants and so don't pay half the time. Um, and through my own experience, we started to move away from that over, over a few years and started to move into basically better and better every year, better and better quality areas, better and better quality tenants, a better and better quality um, ASTs. And ultimately it means that we're moving into good quality areas, less hassle for the, for the clients and more capital growth. And if I look at my portfolio right now, going back to my earlier example, you might make 50 grand on your, on your rental over 10 years, but you might make 150,000 on your capital over the same period. So it does make sense to choose the, the places that we're going to get that capital as well as the rental not just look at one or the other yeah that makes a lot of sense and the amount of people i've spoken to and they say well i've got 100k i've got 200 300 whatever i don't know what to do with it what should i do with it and it's really difficult because you know all the possible things that they could yeah. do with it but actually you know they just want that three-bed house in a decent area with a decent tenant and they don't want to like think about it any more than that so um yeah yeah, it sounds like you've got a great model there and tell us a bit more about the actual um structure of the business in terms of what have you done differently to make it you know systemized and um you know in a more profitable business than it might be otherwise yeah sure so the first thing is and i think um josh keegan who's probably listened to this will attest to this um before we start delivering our service, before we start selling anything, we've got to model it to make sure that it's profitable. And I think this is where people kind of fall short. What they do is they start going, oh, I've got a great product. Let me go sell it. The problem is that with selling it, there's some overheads that come with it. And let's say you make three grand, but then it takes, you know, in the next four months, your three grand gets used up. So if you keep doing that four times in the year, by the time you get, or three times in the year, by the time you get to the end of the year, you've got no money left. And so you're sitting there going, well, I just spent 
all my time doing all that work and I made no money from it. And so what we've done is we started out by making sure we model out how many deals do we need to do? What's our cost going to be? How much profit are we going to make? And then obviously on a monthly basis, tracking to make sure we're actually achieving those targets. And that means that to, you know, within some error of margin, before we even start the year, we know how much money we're going to make. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is we charge a higher fee than um, than any kind of standard sourcer, any general sourcer. And I want to be very clear about this as well, actually, Michelle. What I've done in the last two or two and a half years is um, I wanted to understand why people pay us a, a higher fee. Let's say a, double the fee that they pay anybody else. And so what I did was I bought some properties from other property sources. I bought some properties uh, in, the, in the areas I wanted to buy them in anyway. Um, and they were, you know, on paper, half decent deals. So I bought these properties and the service, uh, and I, I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but the service was just shocking. It, you know, it, or, or I should say it was just not as good as our service. We do everything possible to make sure our service is absolutely top notch. Like, how can we take every piece of hassle away from the client? Even as insofar, so five years ago, we started, and I, and I know that people do this now, but five years ago or seven years ago, whenever it was, people didn't all often do this. We spent money on that DocuSign thing so that people could sign online why because you know how many people do you know that, i mean business owners yes property investors yes but normal people don't have printers at home especially when they live in a flat in london so we were like well how can we make life easier and even if it just comes to you know um signing online or if there is anything that we get sent out we used to get um we sign online and then our management company that the um letting agency they'd say yeah but um we don't have docusign so you know, we're going to send the, our, our documents on email. And we'd say, look, why don't you do this? Send them to us. We'll put them on DocuSign and then we'll send them to the clients and then the clients will send them back to us and we'll send them to you. And so we go out of our way to do those kind of extra little bits. And they're such tiny, tiny things, but it makes a massive difference for our clients. And I think it really comes down to like understanding who your client is and what they're looking for. And I think part of the reason I understand it is because I am one of my own clients. Like our a typical client is someone that's aged between 35 and 55 and they're looking to for you know for long-term returns and if i hadn't gone into the the property industry i would have been one of my own clients i know what the issues are i know what the challenges are so i think that's really um uh, important i totally forgot what we we're talking about though what was the question do you remember um, we were talking about uh, what, what made it different yeah what made it, yeah thanks yeah <laughs> So the, so the other thing that we yeah, did, so right at the very beginning, in fact, we just put together a case study. Right at the very beginning, we used to charge £2,997 selling these 25% deals based on a 6% mortgage interest rate. So they had to make 25% on a 6% mortgage interest rate and, um, and, and, and no other, other fees. And what we then did in order to try and make us more profitable, we said, no, but hold on, there's, there's other bits of effort that are involved here that we're not counting for. So for example, there's a sourcing element. Yeah, but there's also a refurbishment element, which we have to project management. So we have to project manage. So there's a project management fee that we charge as well. And that's another sliver of, of, of profit. Um, and then um, if you're savvy enough, you can go to you know, your letting agent and say, listen, mate, I've given you, you know, hundred properties over the last year is there any chance we could you know do a little deal where uh, we get um some of the money that you would put into acquiring new properties could you give us a little bit of that and they're like yeah of course because you know it costs us i don't know a thousand pounds for every property that we get on board you bought us a hundred that's a hundred thousand how about this we'll give you 10 grand uh, or, or whatever it, it might be and we were like yeah fantastic this is amazing so referral fees is a, a, another way or introducer fees and and I think this is a really good um, idea because you know if someone came Michelle if you came to me and said Shiv if I brought you a client 
would you give me a referral fee? And I'd say to you, if they signed up, 100%, 100%. I'd happily give you easily one-tenth of what we make. Why? Because, yeah, exactly. It's like you're going to go out there, you're going to do all the legwork and just bring me clients, and I don't even have to pay you until they sign up. Like, how is that a bad thing? This is a totally, totally good thing. Um, I think the other thing that we did was um, initially it was kind of like me doing sales and, and the marketing and the delivery and the finance and trying to do everything. Then my business partner joined on board and he was doing some of the bits and I was doing some of the bits. But what our aim was very, very quickly was we realized there are some parts of the business that are very noisy and we uh, would say that they are lower value. And there are some parts of the business that you know are higher value. And unfortunately, the higher value stuff usually goes to the bottom of the list because the lower value stuff is quite urgent to do. So we said, how can we make sure we get somebody into those, what we call like the lower value positions for us at least, um, as quickly as possible. And the first person we hired was um, at the time a PA. Uh, she came from a company called Smart PA, brilliant company. And um, she very soon became our progressor, our purchase, our property progressor. So her job is basically every week to email the solicitors and go, where are we with all the properties that we're purchasing? To email the mortgage brokers, where are we with all the properties that we're purchasing? To email the, um, the letting agents, where are we with all the ones that we're letting? To email the project managers, where are we with all the ones that we're repurposing? And that took so much effort away from us. She then amalgamates that, put that into a... Um, a message and sends that off to our clients. So our clients are getting updates every single week and it's all being automated. And yet, of course it costs money and we've got to do that. Um, but that was the, I think the key hire for us because that first hire made us, helped us to realize we don't need to be doing everything. Okay. So I think that this is the first step from moving from kind of one man band. And like I said, a lot of people are one man band sourcing, they do everything. But the problem is when they go on holiday for a month, they don't make any income. Or there are massive companies that are doing the same sort of thing um, where you're just a cog in a wheel. Where we are is, um, and I'll talk to you in a second about how our clients value us, but where we are is in the middle. We are, um, are, at the end of our service, we always ask our clients, give us three words that you'd use to describe us. And whilst we thought we knew exactly what our um, values were, we realized these are our values because everyone says the same three words. And the three words are, uh, um, professional, approachable, and trustworthy. Those are the three words that come up every single time. And I think that that's a really good combination because obviously you've got to be trustworthy and whatever, you know, to be able to do this. We're trustworthy. That's why people give us uh, our money, trust us to go and do this for them. But then professional and approachable are kind of, you'd expect almost two different ends of the spectrum. When you think professional, you think someone who's sitting in a suit, they're stylish, they're smart, and whatever. When you think uh, approachable, you, you think, you know, cozy sofa joggers you don't think you know the other side of it and we're kind of in the middle where we are able to be a, um, professional and have expertise but are able to um, hold our client's hand and walk them through the process and say don't worry we've got you we're going to take you through this process it's all going to be okay and you know michelle during property like every day there's a fire that needs to be put out and if you go through this process by yourself of trying to buy properties it's a, it's a nightmare because you know there's so many things that could go wrong and if you're buying we buy 50 60 78 properties a year every day there's something that goes wrong but having been through that and being able to work with the mindset of like no problems only solutions we're going to find a solution we know what we're doing we've done this before it means that we can just logically try and figure out what are the solutions what are our options let's move forward from there um, rather than sort of dwelling on all the things that could go 
could go wrong. So I think that's a couple of the things that um, we put in place to help us um, be more profitable and differentiate ourselves from our client. And the final thing I'd mention as well, and I keep I say this to everybody, is um, I mentioned to you, uh, Michelle, I've got a, a mastermind group which I mentor in how to build a sourcing business. But I say to them all the time, people buy glossy brochures and, and nobody understands what I really mean by that. And when we first started out, uh, we, you know, we got a brochure made, here's what we offer, here's our clients, um, here's our process, all the rest of it. And we had the choice of when it came to printing and it's like, do we spend, you know, a pound a brochure or do we spend a pound 50 a brochure? The pound a brochure was a normal paper, nice paper, but normal paper. Pound 50 was a glossy brochure, glossy paper. And we were like, mm, don't know. And, you know, I'm not one for spending money, but at the end we decided to go for the glossy brochure. And it made all the difference. It made all the difference because as soon as you give someone, and this is obviously before pandemic when we used to actually see people and give people brochures, you give them a glossy brochure, they go, wow, this company, they know what they're doing because when they feel it, they go, yeah, I, I can trust these people. They are an actual company. They're not just, you know, a guy running around um, wherever, whichever city it is trying to find deals. They're a company. And I think that that is the biggest uh, one um top tip that i'd give to any person that's watching this that wants to start a sourcing business get the get the glossy brochure glossy brochure honestly and, and obviously i'm saying glossy brochure but what i mean is glossy brochure glossy websites and make sure it's a very nice professional website spend some money on it uh, likewise with you know if you're going to do business cards or whichever other way you're doing it you know your social media profiles and stuff they should look very nice because at the end of the day people are judging you and if they see something scruffy if they see something that you put together on microsoft word or PowerPoint or something like that. It's just not the same as having things that are um, professionally put together. Yeah, and it sounds like you know, I know your um, business there is called Lifestyle Property People. It's you know, you've mentioned a couple of times about mindset and you know different values about trust as well, and how that's a huge part of uh, your brand and your picture. It's, and you, you kind of made an off the cuff remark, say, "Oh well, trust everyone's got to trust them, trust them." But actually, um, I think. You know, some people have initial trust uh, because they think, well, OK, you know, this person looks like they know what they're doing. I'll trust them with my money. And then actually afterwards, it doesn't work out. And, you know, the, that trust has gone and been broken. But, you mm. know, it sounds like, you know, you're just investing in the trust as part of your business, part of your business model so that people are coming back. People are telling each other, you know, our friends and family and, um, you know, spreading. Yeah, I, I, until until this year when, you know, obviously the mortgage market's gone a bit crazy. Like, honestly, our marketing spend was literally zero. We, we did not spend any penny at all on marketing. And I think that um, the difference there is, uh, I was just saying to my team earlier today that there is two types of games that you can play. This is economics analogy. Two types of games you can play. You can play um, one-off games or recurring games. A one-off game is where you go and buy a second-hand car from some guy who lives in Norwich and you've never seen him before. And obviously, when you go there, you're going to negotiate hard because you don't really care about him. You don't really care. You know, you don't care how bad he feels as long as you walk away from from that um, with with the car at a good price, and that's all you want. The second is a recurring game. Now, if you're going to buy a car from him every single day, you don't want to screw him today because tomorrow he's going to screw you. So you want to make sure that you have this kind of long-term mentality. And there's a really good book by um, Naval Ravikant who he he's got a saying. He says, "Only play." long-term games with long-term people and I think that has been the mantra of my life and you know I'm, I'm linking in a bunch of stuff here but we talk about Roger Hamilton's um, wealth dynamics pro uh, profile uh, and I'm predominantly a tempo profile tempo is kind of like the doer the people that um, and one of the traits of the tempo is long-term relationships 
I hate networking events because it's like you build short-term chitty-chatty, but you're not really getting anywhere. Long-term relationships where you can, um, you know, build on that relationship over a period of 10, 20, 30 years. That's what I'm really in, uh, invested in. And I think that's how our business is sort of uh, moved in that direction as well. So, yeah, all of our clients, I would say that there's no reason why in 10, 20 years time, we're not going to be still friends. They're still buying properties from us. And it is that I said friends very kind of again off the cuff, but it's like a lot of these people will end up becoming friends because why? Because we deal with you for the best part of a year buying you two, three, four, five properties. You know, there's no reason why we don't end up being friends, business partners, whatever it, uh, it might be. So yeah, long-term game with long-term people. I think that's the, the way forward. And, and do you think you attract, uh, you know, a different type of client customer because of those values and I say that like if you're um if you value you know like quality time with family and and hands off an automated system do you find that you're attracting people who also value that yeah I've got a really um good saying which some people will have heard me say before it's um you can either buy a Nissan or you can buy a Tesla so basically what that means is um if you walk into a Nissan showroom and you say, hey guys, I want a Tesla, they're going to say to you, we don't sell Teslas. And if you walk into a Tesla showroom and you say, hey guys, I want to buy a Nissan, they'll say, we don't sell Nissans. But if you walk into a Tesla showroom and say, I want to buy a Tesla, they're like, you're in the right place. And I think our clients and anyone has got to be in the right place. And what we do is through our marketing funnel, we get people to self-select themselves into working with us. So I'll give you an example. Um, so we'll tell them very transparently up on our website, it says, here's the returns you're going to get. That means that if they're not looking for those kind of returns, they're going to be turned off and they're going to go elsewhere. Likewise, um, our fee is our fee. And if people come to us and say, oh, can we get a discount on your fee and whatever, we go, we're really sorry. We actually value our service quite a lot and we don't actually give discounts on our fee. And obviously that turns people off. Fine. If it's too expensive for you and it turns you off, that is okay. We don't have to work with every single person that comes to us. And what we've learned, and, and again, I'll give away, keep giving away my secrets like this, but um, one of the mantras that we have is partners, not um, clients. Oh, sorry, partners, not suppliers. We don't want to be our clients' suppliers. We want to be partners with them. When something goes wrong, we want them to, we want to work together to solve the problem, not for them to just blame us or us to blame them or whatever it might be. So it's all about um, how can we work together to, to resolve um, the, the problem? Um, and the final example I was going to give you was, um, I can't remember now, so it's gone, but yeah, but you, you get the, you get the picture, like you've got to be here for the right reason. And if you're, if you're not, if you don't match up, then you're in the wrong place. You need to go to someone. And I think that's also the reason why other people have businesses. Like that's all the reason why we have competition, because let's say, for example, we're not a hundred percent focused on the very best return we're focused on the relationship and the service and the experience so people who want a service and experience and relationship will come to us people who want the return will go somewhere else yeah and they won't come to us and they may not value the service as much but that's okay this is why you know people can select themselves to work with you if it's right for them yeah great okay and you know your business would you say that you know your business is a lifestyle business then in terms of you know the flexibility and um, what it provides you I, I think that um, it has definitely over time become a lifestyle business. I think uh, it, as with any business, when you start, yep. it, it, it's it's that exponential curve. Yep. <laughs> it takes absolutely ages for you to get it going, for you to actually make any traction. But then as soon as you do, it gets easier and easier and easier. And I'd say right now we've become, uh, uh, by, by strategically 
uh, improving every year, putting things in place by making sure the team is in place, that the team are, 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 I'm very big on the team. I like developing the team, but make sure that the, the team work together very well, make sure we have the processes in place, all of those kind of uh, things that you need to do in order to be able to actually have the lifestyle uh, element of the business. It just meant that, you know, over summer, for example, all of the summer, I was away for, I don't know, three months this summer. And um, at the end, I came back and I was like, right, guys, what have you got for me to do? And they were like, nothing, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's, everything's good. Yeah, and, and I was, that was the other, sorry, I, I came back to one of the questions you asked me earlier, like what makes us different? Uh, we typically normally have a six to eight month waiting list and that's paid up front. So people are paid to sit on our waiting list, like not to do anything else. They, they, they cannot buy from us today. They've got to buy from us in eight months time, but they pay today to sit on our waiting list in eight months time. And I think that going back to, you know, people select themselves and if people want to you know, go ahead now, they'll say to us, oh, can we go ahead now? We'll say no. And, you know, we've got this waiting list. Oh, well, if we pay you like a little bit extra, can we go ahead now? And we'll say, well, no, because actually one of the, again, one of the values is like fairness. Everyone gets treated fairly. Um, so I think really understanding and, and wherever all those values come from, they've all come from um, me and our company. And it's understanding who you are, understanding what's important to you, understanding what's important to your clients, and then marrying those things up, I think is, is really the key to carving out your niche and then that means that people who are like you will be attracted to you. People that are like somebody else will be attracted to somebody else. All right. So before I asked you what made you different in terms of your business uh, to make it more uh, profitable and more successful, but how have you made it different to maximize your lifestyle and, you know, a, yeah, yeah. more flexible? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, um, if people who are watching this have want to do this, then a really great book is um, Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, right? And it's all about... Um, understanding the different parts of your business and then working in a way to put processes in place and to put heads of those um, those departments let's say so that they can uh, run the business um, instead of you having to kind of like do everything and the, I think again the way that you do that is by employing the right people and our employment methodology is actually I think it's a really good methodology I cannot believe that everyone doesn't do this it's going back to Roger Hamilton's wealth dynamics and it's understanding that there are some people that are better suited to some tasks. So, for example, a, a, a according to his um, his test, a blaze genius who is someone that's very people oriented, you know, um, they are not necessarily going to be the best um, um, accountant or PA or bookkeeper or something like that. And likewise with a um, so so um, let's say you're a, a steel genius again, an accountant, whatever they're not going to be the best like party hosts um a uh someone who thinks long term and someone who thinks um of ideas all day long they're not going to be great project managers because you need someone who can um deal under stress in that moment so i, I think it's trying to understand those map them onto the role that we're looking for and then when we hire we basically uh, and this is part of dan hill's methodology as the property entrepreneur is um, go through and tell them all the things that are bad about this role. So the mistake that everyone makes is they say, oh, here's all the good things about the role. We say, no, 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 here's all the bad things about the role. And if they're still interested, they're the right person. Because the fact is, that they, you know, they will know all the good things and the good things are going to sell them anyway. But if they don't know the bad things and they sign up, then obviously then they could say, well, I never knew these bad things. If we've told them all the bad things and they sign up, they've signed up knowing all the downsides of this role. Um, and there are some people who do love the... Uh, things that we might see as bad so for example some people uh, hate um 
doing like you know detail oriented work and all that kind of stuff you know renaming folders and that kind of stuff some people love it some people love it they just love sitting there and you know making sure everything's in order and detailed and spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff so it's just about um uh, getting to that front so one was processes two was people um and i think um intertwined with that is making sure that the not just the process and the people are in place but that the team gels together as well and of course we are um we, we don't have an office so we're a completely virtual team we've always been a virtual team and that makes it a little bit difficult to kind of get everyone on the same page um and yeah uh, and what we found is we've got little things that we do like every two weeks we'll have a chit chat meeting it's a half an hour we just chit chat we just talk about you know holidays the weather what's going on in your life what's going on in my life am i sick are you sick all that kind of stuff and it's just team bonding that's all it is and it's you know some people say oh it's a waste of time you're paying these people and they're just wasting time. Yeah, maybe. But actually, it's what keep our, keeps our team together. And I think hopefully, if you ask any member of our team, they'll all say that they love working here. No, no one is here doing it solely for the money. Everyone's doing it because they love working in this team. They love working in this business. They love what we do as a, um, as a company. And we talk about flexibility. Some people think, oh, well, if I have flexibility, my team can't have flexibility. In our company, everyone can have flexibility. You know, I say to people all the time, like, if you need to go and do something, go and do it. I don't really care as long as you get your work done. Get your work done. You can do whatever you like. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a lifestyle business. I think it's definitely something that um, takes time and years of work. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that the thing that has helped me along that journey is joining the Property Entrepreneur um, Group and the methodology because I've been on the board there since 2017. Um, and without that, I wouldn't know what to do it basically provided me with a blueprint to say right what you need to do first of all is get your strategy in place then what you need to do is get your marketing in place then what you need to do is get your team in place you know and just take me step by step and it takes a long time you know every year i've done one of these things it's not like i've done it all in one year every year i've done one of these things one of these things one of these things and guess what there's six of these things so i'm now in year seven and it's all been great and it's all and then you look back and start again <laughs> and then you look back and start again and realize oh my god there's another level to this game that i didn't know about um yeah so i i think uh, yeah that, that's definitely worthwhile having a look at if you're not yeah. great and you mentioned before about the mastermind so you help people who want to have a similar lifestyle business so what do you notice about people who um you know are at the sort of starting stages of their property yeah. business any kind of trends that you you see where they get stuck and like you know yeah how you can help them yeah so step number one and this is like like do not do this i, I there's the, the common trend i find is that people want to save other people people want to save their family people want to save their mum. i don't want my mom to work anymore so say oh don't worry my mom's going to come work for me and if your mom comes to work for you, then now not only have you shot her in the foot, but you shot yourself in the foot as well. And I think it's really important. This is a lesson that I learned the hard way, I suppose, is I, you have to leave, go and make it, and then come back and save everyone else. You can't save everyone from, from where you are. So the first uh, thing that I see uh, common between people like this is they're trying to save other people. You need to save yourself first, and then you can come back and help everyone else. Um, the second thing, I suppose, is that they're trying to do everything themselves. And they don't understand enough about the wealth dynamics um, methodology. They don't understand enough about, you know, so for, there'll be some people that are like, oh, I'm, I'm just really bad at getting back to people. You're not really bad at it. It's just not in your priorities. It's just, you know, you're really good at something else. So what you need to do is you need to go and find a team member, somebody else who can do that other thing. And uh, another common mistake is uh, you say, oh, well, I found a team member. Let me make him a shareholder. No, no, no. We don't want to make people shareholders, you know, just like that. A lot of the time when we're starting off in, in business or in property or anything that we're doing, 
we say, let's take somebody else on board so that we can share the journey with them. And that's all they're there for, so we can share the journey. And the problem is that that's after some time wears thin. And if you get into an argument and stuff, it just wears thin. It's not the right way to do things. The only reason you want to get into partnerships with somebody is because they bring skills to the table that you don't have yourself. Then it will work. Then it will work really, really well. But And even that requires um, work to, to make work, but it does work. But I think if you're um, if you're saying, oh, look, I'm, I'm good at talking and my, my mate's good at talking, but we like each other, that's not a partnership that you should go into. So, yeah, so um, people are trying to save them, uh, trying to save others, they need to save themselves. The second thing is that they are trying to do it all themselves and they don't realise that they need to build a team and a team people that are different from them so that their team can... So let's say, for example, I don't like doing numbers. Great, I need to find somebody that does like doing numbers to do the numbers for me and make sure that we're on the same page about where, we, where we're trying to go with that. Um, but yeah, I think the mastermind has been really great because you know, over the last seven, eight years, I've learned so much about, and I've made all the mistakes about how to grow this business, how not to grow this business. And what I found, I've been doing um, mentoring for about two years or so, and the mentees that I've had, I've just gave, given them so much information that I didn't even know that I had, because they, I, I find a lot of the time they'll ask questions and I'll be like, oh, like, obviously, here's the answer. It's just easy for me because I know it because I've been there, I've done that. Um, whereas, obviously, when you're starting out, you don't have um, those answers. But um, yeah, I think that is probably some of the common traits that I'm finding at the moment. Well, how can people find out more about uh, what you're up to and the, obviously the mastermind as well? Yeah, brilliant. I think um, first thing to find out more, and I always say this to everybody, is um, you know, go to our social medias. My social media particularly is Shiv underscore on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, so find me on there, follow me and, and start to understand about a bit more about me so that, you know, if there is something that if, if there's some connection there, you know, you shouldn't work with people that you don't connect with. If you think that there's a connection there, then then contact me and you can get in, in touch. Uh, alternatively, if you want to go straight through, then uh, my email address is shiv at lifestylept.co.uk. So um, you can email me there. Yeah. Well, we'll put those links into the show notes for people to follow up with you. So um, I think that's probably a good place. I'm conscious of times for you as well. Now you've got it to get off. So um, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story today. It's been really, really interesting. Perfect. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial.